All right. Hello, everyone. This is Premier Chess CEO, National Master Evan Raven, and I am very excited to be here on episode 214 of the Premier Chess podcast, where every single week we interview great professionals who have found their passion in whatever it is that they do, whether it be a chess professional, attorney, uh, other entrepreneur, uh, nonprofit leader, etc. cetera. Uh, but this week I have my friend and colleague, Kara Teitelbaum, who I met uh, a couple of years ago now through the Riverdale uh, Entrepreneurs Club. And Kara uh, has uh, been uh, a dance, uh, dancer, choreographer, teacher, coach, writer, uh, and much more for you know many years. She earned her BFA in dance at the University uh, of NYU uh, at the Tisch School of Arts uh, and an MFA in choreography uh, from the Conservatory of Dance at SUNY Purchase. Um, yeah, I've had the pleasure of knowing her for uh, two years uh, or so now. And she recently actually released her memoir, uh, putting my heels down, a memoir of having a dream uh, and a day job. So uh, it's definitely uh, an exciting time uh, for Kara. And uh, yeah, welcome on the show. Hi, Evan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be talking to you this afternoon. Yeah, my, my sincere pleasure and thanks for, you know, taking time to, to come on. So, um, so yeah, I mean, for, for one, uh, you know, that's kind of your, your bio on a nutshell, but uh, could you tell us a, a little bit more about uh, how you got started in your career and, you know, kind of where you got to uh, today? Sure. Um, I have been a dancer since I'm three years old. My mom put me into ballet classes as uh, many mothers and fathers do. And I fell in love with being a dancer right away, um, but came to find out uh, from my teachers and also from my, uh, my body that I was not made. I wasn't built to be a ballet dancer. Uh, my body is very tight and I didn't have the flexibility um, required to be a ballet dancer. So my teachers encouraged me to uh, study modern dance and to eventually led me to become a choreographer. I made my first dance when I was 11 years old and I was able to create my own movement style that only I could accomplish with my specific and unique body. And that took me from the small town that I grew up in upstate to NYU, as you said. Um, and when I was at the conservatory, I deeply investigated choreography and started my own dance company after I graduated called Independent Dance Maker. Throughout that time, I had a lot of physical pain in my body that I was stuffing down because I thought that that's just what dancers were supposed to do. Um, that resulted in a future of hip surgeries and an enormous amount of physical pain, um, which led me to then question what I was really gonna do with my dancing life. It was so physically painful. I also realized that being a dancer in New York City meant having a day job. So I was certified in Pilates and uh, was teaching Pilates extensively. And then I started writing in the little margins of my appointment book about my clients. And I thought that I was gonna be writing like a nanny's diaries, a tell-all about my Manhattan Upper East Side clients and all the crazy experiences I was having. And when I met with a writing coach, um, she asked me right away, you know, why aren't you writing about your dancing life? And that opened up the floodgates. And then my memoir was born, um, Putting My Heels Down, which I got my agent for when my daughter was three weeks old and she's about to turn nine. So that's how long this 
process has been. It's taken me over 10 years to get this book published. In addition, I'm also in that time became a wellness and resilience coach. So I work with others on achieving their dreams and goals, no matter what they're going through in their own lives. Wonderful. And we'll definitely get into that. Um, you know, and, and I think, you know, look, I could certainly relate. Uh, you know, I, I was a chess master, uh, you know, since I was 20. I've taught on and off chess since I was 12. Uh, but I didn't know if it was going to be a, a career or not. Uh, you know, my grandmother after college, when I was, uh, you know, working for Chess in the Schools, a great nonprofit, uh, you know, full time. Uh, you know, she even said it's it's great. It's a you know good thing out of, out of college. It gave me benefits and all that. And I was working with uh, you know, a lot of youth and uh, you know underserved schools, but uh, you know it wasn't what I went to you know Brandeis for. Uh, you know, I just went actually with my fiance Stacy to uh, Brandeis this past weekend for a 10 year reunion, uh, you know, which was awesome. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I didn't know if Jess would be a you know, profession or, or not. And then, uh, you know, yeah, after working at Oracle and Rapid7 for a couple of years and getting a prize sales, I decided to do, uh, you know, what I do best and, and started Premier Chess in September 2017. And uh, five years later, we're now, yeah, serving 80 schools all over the country, working with Google, Citigroup. Uh, other major corporations, uh, kind of like yourself, you know, I know you, uh, you know, also done like a lot of, you know, corporate workshops and, and, and whatnot. So um, it's great to see uh, success with, uh, you know, what, what, what you're doing now and, uh, you know, truly in, in your passion. So um, I, I guess to, to, to start out, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, a lot of one thing I've actually noticed, you know, as other dancers actually, uh, doing Pilates. Um, my friend Allie Bradley, actually, who's been on the podcast uh, towards the beginning, I know she actually was a dancer and she, like yourself, got injured and now is actually a, a yoga and, and Pilates coach uh, as well. So uh, do you know a lot of others that, you know, started like doing Pilates after, after dance? Yeah. So when I graduated from Tisch, um, that was right around the same time. And I had to do Pilates as a class um, in school, which I did not really enjoy at the time. Um, but when I graduated, that's when Pilates lost their trademark. So anyone could teach Pilates. I ended up getting certified from um, a place that had elders, descendants of Joseph Pilates himself. But the floodgates really opened at that point where Pilates was all of a sudden showing up in all the gyms. And then, of course, yoga was taking off. <coughs> Excuse me. So dancers are really encouraged to um, be teaching yoga and Pilates and other somatic um, body uh, body work uh, as their day job. Well, I, honestly, you taught me something new. I, I didn't know there was a guy, Joseph Pilates, that it was named after. Um, I, by the way, have recently started a little bit of Pilates uh, myself. Um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, and, and, and it's been amazing, you know, both with the, you know, the fitness element uh, as well as just, uh, you know, every, everything else. So, yeah, I mean, I have you and a couple other people in my network, uh, you know, do Pilates, uh, you know, teaching and, and coach. So do you, do you, but I know you're doing a lot of coaching and writing. Are, are you still doing like one-on-one -on -one Pilates uh, sessions as well? Or? Yeah, right now I am mostly doing, awesome. especially because of COVID. Um, I really am just doing one-on-one -on -one at home clients right now. Um, which I really enjoy. I used to teach gym classes. I used, I taught for a major fitness chain uh, where I taught 20 plus classes a week um, in group fitness classes. And I really find that the one-on-one -on -one is um, 
just much more deeper uh, way of working. And I teach mat only at home, so you don't need any extra apparatus, although I am also certified um, on the machines. But I love, especially as a choreographer, being able to come in and use my creativity and creating routines uh, for people to do on their own. So I'm curious, most of the Pilates I've actually done so far has all been with the reformer. Um, have you, are there any like big differences of you know, what you could get with like the mat versus the reformer or uh, is one like better than the other? Um, I don't know that one is necessarily better than the other. One is less expensive than the other, that I can definitely say. Um, the As you might already have figured out, the reformer and the machine classes are much more expensive than the mat classes because of the obvious um, you know, furniture and machines that you need. Yeah. Um, but um, the the machines and working one-on-one -on -one with someone on, on the machines or working in a smaller group, you're able to deepen in the practice in the way that you're not able to do on the mat. Um, but uh, the strength of being able to work on the mat is that you can do it anywhere. You don't need to have the machine to support you. Yeah, it's true. It's great to be, you know, a little bit more flexible. Um, you know, you know, like, like chess too, you know, you, you do it anywhere with, with or without a, a computer. Um, of course, during COVID, we, you know, transitioned all of our programming to, uh, you know, virtual uh, for the most part. Um, now we're, you know, thank God back in person. Um, and yeah, I mean, the, the, look, the, the great thing about chess is it really is something that could be done uh, anywhere without, you know, a, a lot of resources. Uh, you know, we partnered with, uh, you know, Teresa Grant's uh, make a difference now down in, in Tanzania twice. Uh, my good friend, Ross Mikowski, the owner of uh, Impact Chess Network is actually uh, has a wonderful gift of chess initiative where he's sending, you know, literally hundreds of thousands of chess sets all around the world. Uh, you know, where look, just with the set, you know, the kid, kids could get started. And, uh, you know, it really doesn't take, uh, you know, all that much to uh, make a difference. So, um, in your, you know, years of, you know, experiencing and, and choreographing and, and, and doing Pilates, um, could you, you know, and, and there's obviously a creative process, but at the same time, you've, you know, taken, uh, you, you know, your, your, your knowledge. Um, and, and that's one thing that we talk about, you know, actually in, in, in chess, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, judgment training, this is actually why we teach at, you know, law firms like, you know, Kramer 11, where we're teaching, uh, you know, associates, uh, you know, how to, you know, think on their feet. Uh, so could you talk a little bit about, uh, you know, kind of thinking on your feet versus uh, kind of using your, you know, prior knowledge when it, when it comes to dance? Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. You know, it's interesting because as dancers, there's such a discipline to dance and there's such a tunnel vision of, repetitive movement and um and that builds strength and that builds technique and then sometimes when we're asked to be creative and to think on our feet literally on top of that it can be quite challenging but you can really see the greatest dancers are the ones that i'm sure it's the same with chess that have you know great maybe you don't need great training in dance ballet certainly you need to have that training but being able to have your creative spirit come through in a discipline that is very strict and structured is really what the art of being a you know a, a dancer is uh, but as far as thinking on 
our feet, you know, in that we would call that improvisation in dance. And we certainly are trained in improvisation, how to make up our own movement or, you know, create on the spot. And uh, that training certainly uh, bodes well for choreographers because that's a big part of the process of being a choreographer often starts in improvisation, uh, but also in problem solving when you're on stage and something doesn't go the way that you thought it was going to go, being able to improvise and be in the moment and make decisions is really definitely an important, um, important part of being a professional dancer. Interesting. And I think that you know, again, is, is, is important. You know, one thing that I tell students all the time, actually, is you need to think, uh, you know, at the board, uh, even if it's an opening or an end game that you study that, you know, many, many times, right? There could be nuances, there could be, uh, it's very easy to fall under the pressure. Um, you know, even, even, look, I was a little embarrassed uh, you know, about a year ago in, in one tournament where, you know, I, I knew the opening well, but I, Myself, I was moving a little bit quickly and I, I messed up the move order uh, just because I was not focusing um, and ended up getting a much worse position. And again, I think I ended up surviving the, the, the game, but, um, you know, for, for no reason I was in a worse position. It was only because I was, you know, a little lightheaded and, uh, you know, mixed up the move order and then, uh, okay, it was, uh, you know, an, an issue. So um, I think that is uh, important to uh, consider. So, um, so, so recently you, you wrote this, this book, um, you know, which, which is a memoir, um, you know, we've absolutely had, you know, many, many authors, uh, on the podcast, um, including my, my friend, uh, Sylvie Hyman, who actually wrote a memoir, um, make, uh, about her crazy, crazy, uh, survival story and the Holocaust and becoming, uh, actually among many other things like a chiropractor and actor, first actually a, life and resiliency coach uh like yourself uh actually um we met actually through a, a jewish business networking group uh, a couple of years ago but uh yeah like could, could you tell us a little bit uh you know about the book uh putting putting my heels down and why maybe people both dancers and, and non-dancers uh you know consider getting it i think that we all in our lives have dreams for ourselves that maybe didn't work for whatever reason. And a lot of us give up on our dreams. And this is really about my journey of what I did with my dream. And I'm hoping that it inspires others to consider uh, reaching for their dreams that they may have had, especially during childhoods, the ones that we stuff down and maybe dreaming again. And I think because of my life circumstances, um, for a long time, it's very hard to keep dreaming and have goals when things in your life are not going the way you thought they were going to go. If there's tragedy, whatever that is, trauma, injury, life changes. And um, my message to readers is really to dream bigger, keep dreaming, but stay grounded. And how do you mm. stay grounded and dream big? Well, I have to say that, you know, everything does happen for, you know, a reason uh, and you never know when, you know, things are going to happen. Um, you know, I myself felt that as much as possible, uh, you know, in the last couple of months, uh, you know, in the beginning of February, I was a single guy going to events and, uh, you know, at Manhattan Jewish Experience I happened to be going to their uh, annual dinner uh, tonight. 
um, I'm a very big part of the community. Of course, the founder, Rabbi Mark Wilds, has been on the podcast uh, previously. Uh, but yeah, we were, you know, at uh, Rabbi Avi Heller's uh, MJ East uh, dinner. Um, and then, uh, you know, look, I, I, met, I met Stacey, uh, who, uh, you know, truly was my beshert. And uh, yeah, six weeks later, we were engaged. And now we're you know planning a wedding for September. So, um, you know, things were just meant to be. But, you know, look, the, the only reason I, I, I bring this up, and I've already brought it up, actually, it, uh, you know, several podcasts, uh, you know, episodes, um, and on other podcasts, you know, this, literally the day after we got engaged, I was actually on my friend Rena Watts podcast, things were just sort of meant to be. And then my podcast episode with Rena on my podcast, I actually interviewed her uh, live from Dubai uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was, you know, sitting next to, to Stacey. So um, I guess why am I bringing this up? I, I think it's just, you know, look, everything does happen for a reason. Uh, you know, there's, you know, one door down, you know, leads to, you know, another one open, right? So uh, you just need a dream and, uh, you know, things will happen, you know? So, you know, that, that said, you know, one thing that I've been actually talking about with a lot of students over the last couple of days, uh, you know, it's just not having, you know, negative energy. You know, I've, I've explained that, you know, I hear from people all the time, both students and, and others, you know, things like, oh, I wish I learned chess much sooner. Or, oh, I'm an adult. I, I wish I, you know, learned chess as a kid. You know, not realizing that I have the privilege and honor of teaching a Holocaust survivor chess uh, for the first time. Um, I think in Park Jewish Center, uh, with my good friend Rabbi Levy Welton, of course, another podcast guest who's actually marrying us uh, in a few weeks. And we ran a chess and, and, and chess event uh, at his synagogue. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I guess, you know, so you hear like, look, a, a lot of you know, negative thoughts. Um, you know, people say, oh, I'm a beginner, not realizing, uh, you know, Turner's famous quote, you know, every master was once a beginner. Um, so what, 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 what would you, you know, kind of tell someone like that, that, you know, has some negative thoughts, you know, maybe, you know, someone who uh, says, oh, look, I'm, I'm an adult, you know, I, I wish I learned dance, you know, as, as a five-year-old, you know, or something like that, you know, but as you did. And, you know, as I got started in just uh, seven. So, uh, yeah, what, what would you tell, like, you know, maybe adults that, uh, you know, are, are newbies? So what I've learned in my journey and um, is a takeaway, you know, from my book is that when we dream narrow, when we have goals that are narrow, it really limits the opportunity to accomplish those dreams. And when we dream bigger and we widen the lens on what that dream is, that gives us a better chance of being able to accomplish what that goal is. So as you know, and you can maybe attest to this as a chess player and certainly as a ballet dancer, you know, there was, there was a very narrow path to what I saw as being um, a professional or being a champion or an expert or whatever, you know, word you wanna use for your vocation. And there is actually a lot of different ways to become a dancer. And I was not open to that because I had a narrow lens of what that I wanted that to look like for me. So to widen the lens and also to widen our own identity, which can be really hard. And that's what I really struggle with um, in my memoir. But I realized that, yes, I am a dancer. I will always be a dancer. And guess what? I'm other things too. And that's what I learned. So it doesn't matter what age you are, it's widening that lens. Mm. 
Interesting. I, I, I really like the idea of you know, widening the lens. You know, I think I'm going to use that you know, quite a bit. You just got to you know, keep a, a big mindset, you know, and, and, and things happen, you know, and, and whatever it is, you know, that you do, you know, start a nonprofit, you know, do, you know, dancing, um, you know, and, 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 I, and I will say, I mean, it, look, it, there's definitely people that, you know, illustrate this. Uh, you know, one person that comes to mind is my friend Nathan Rustico, who actually uh, occasionally does some teaching for us in, in, in Westchester. Uh, and he is now actually a, a feeding master chess player, but also a semi-professional opera singer. Uh, and he actually didn't play chess seriously or sing uh, seriously until his 30s. So, you know, he's, he's in the 50s now. He actually performed uh, for the first time uh, maybe two years ago or three years ago at the Met. Uh, you know, just kind of crazy, you know, but you know, he just, he didn't let like the naysayers, uh, you know, say anything, uh, or affect him, um, you know, and, and then it, again, it's all just positive energy, you know, Stacy and I, in the beginning, we got, you know, lots of pushback from some of our closest friends and family. I know you, you know, you're crazy. You just met like a few weeks ago, <laughs> you know, how, how could you consider getting engaged? Um, uh, but now you know, we don't, we don't have a single person who's, you know, telling us not to do it. Uh, and everyone is, you know, thank God more than supportive and, uh, you know, we're, we're very happy. So, um, so yeah, really, uh, you know, thank you for, you know, taking some time to, you know, talk uh, a little bit about your you know, dance company post-college, uh, the writing cycle, uh, private and, and group Pilates classes, uh, you know, Matt versus uh, the reformer, uh, training versus improvisation. Uh, your, of course, your memoir, uh, putting my heels down and uh, talking about dreams. Right? Who, who doesn't like dreams? Uh, one of my great favorite songs of all time is Dreams by the Allman Brothers. <laughs> uh, is there anything else you'd like to add while you're on the podcast? I think I just would love everyone to just hear that message to just dream bigger. And if things are not mm. working out the way that you thought they were going to, don't shy away. Just open up even more and, and try to, um, just keep dreaming bigger. Amazing. Well, dream bigger, everybody. And if anyone wants to reach you, uh, learn a little bit more about your services, whether it be Pilates coaching, resilience coaching, more about your book, any other, uh, topics, uh, how can people get a hold of you? So please check out my website, karatattlebaum.com, and you can reach me through there and learn about um, Pilates and coaching and my book. Um, I'm also on Instagram, um, which I, uh, it's my my name, Kara Tattlebaum. Um, and my book is available wherever books are sold. Um, and there are signed copies available uh, still through Northshire Books in Saratoga. You can order um, online and also in New York City at Bravo's Book Nook downtown. Okay, amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time, Kara. I definitely value you as a friend, colleague, and now podcast guest. So, yeah, thank you. And uh, yeah, wish you best success in, in all that you do. And uh, look forward to talking soon. Thank you. Same to you. Thanks, Evan. <laughs>